Coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. That's right, to talk about what movie this time? Empires of the Ants. Giant Ant Monsters. <laughs> yeah, Giant Ant Monster movie, Empire of the Ants from 1977. Yes, the ants are made by Toxic Waste. Yeah, Toxic Waste I made said... ant monsters. Yeah, you said. Tockics or something? No, I almost said t- <laughs> chocolate waste. Chocolate waste? <laughs> I almost said that. I almost said chocolate waste. Uh, yeah, you don't give chocolate to ants. They get all headstrong, think they can rule the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the, um, those giant ants were made my toxic waste. Toxic. Toxic. Oh, <laughs> it's a ah. tough one, yeah. <laughs> You do your best. Yeah. Do your best. The ants are made by garbage. Garbage, yeah. Toxic waste, garbage dumped into the water. Yes. Absolutely, man. And we are talking about this movie because it is what month? January? Yeah, January. Emphasis on ant. I know, it's a silly thing. I mean... But it's something that we wanted to do. (laughs) What? What? Antuary. Antuary. Well, we'll just we'll just jam a T into January, and we'll call it good. It's a silly thing we wanted to do here on Cadavercast because we like giant bug movies, and we've been wanting to talk about Empire of the Ants for a long time. And we thought, why not just devote January to giant ant movies, which we can honestly only keep going for about two years or so. But heck, who knows how long this podcast will be around, right? We may just have to fudge it after this. Also, one of the guys is kind of like Empire of the Ants, but they're animal. And yeah, Food of the Gods is about giant animals. So next year, we'll probably do the giant ant movie called Them for January. And after that, I don't know, we'll probably have to fake it. We'll maybe start <laughs> doing movies that just happen to have ants in them or, I don't know, other we'll Burt I. Gordon movies gods. or Food of the Gods, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Does Food of the Gods even have Burt I. Gordon in it? Bert I. Gordon made Food of the Gods. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good call. Because it's got giant things in it. So you can usually, I'd say about 50% of the time, if you say, is did that a Bert I. Gordon movie? You're probably right. Um, Did he make The Blob too? No, he did not make The Blob. No. What else movies no, did he, he does, make? He does other movies that are about things that grow really giant. Like what? Bert I. Gordon made one that we watched recently on Elvira. The Giant Bruce is his name? The Giant Bruce? Yeah, his name was Bruce. How whoa, How did you remember that? Good memory, dude. Yeah. Good memory. That was called what? He had one eye. The Cyclops. Yeah, the Cyclops. Absolutely. His so he made the Cyclops. Bruce. He actually was not Cyclops. He, he just lost one of his eyes. 
So let's talk for a second about some other movies he did. Bert I. Gordon, who is also known, of course, as Mr. Big. Bert I. Gordon, right? His initials, Mr. Big, made movies almost exclusively about things that grow huge or tiny, as the case may be. He made, and here are some movies that you know, Alistair. Yes. <laughs> he made Beginning of the End about the giant grasshoppers. You remember that one? No. We watched that one a couple years back, so yeah, that one might not be remembered too well by you. He made The Amazing Colossal Man, which was also on Mystery Science Theater. I know you haven't seen that, but you will. It's about a guy who grows really big and he has to wear like a cloth diaper. It's kind of funny. Yeah. He made another one of your favorites, Attack of the Puppet People. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't remember that either. I don't remember some of these movies. You do remember Attack of the Puppet People. That's the one, remember, where they get really uh, shrunk down, they're small, and then, like, the dog attacks them? Yeah. Yeah? Well, the man... Was it a rat? Was it a dog or a rat? I think it's... I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, man. It's been a little bit. Um, it's probably maybe the man accidentally shrunk them. No, no, no. You're thinking of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, This is about the evil scientist who shrinks people to keep them as dolls. Yeah. Yeah. The one where they they go really tiny, that's the one I'm thinking about. Yeah, and he made one called Village of the Giants that's about giant out-of-control teenagers. He made Food of the Gods, of course, Empire of the Ants. So, a lot of movies. Oh, and King Dinosaur, 1955. So, he made a lot of movies about things growing really, really big. And really, really small. Or small, yeah. Or yeah. Which, of course, then results in people being small, but everything else being really big. Yeah. So his specialty is movies about people encountering things that are way bigger than they are. Yeah, because in Empires of the Ants, they dump lots of garbage into the water. Then yep, the toxic ant- waste. Yeah. You say that because I, I don't know how <laughs> you to had say some it trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to try it again? Tox-ic. Tox-ic. Ick. Perfect. Waste. Um, and then the ants go after this, the tax, this, I mean the garbage. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, just focus on garbage. Absolutely. Um, they go after the garbage, then you can hear that music, and those eyes make sure you know the ants are there. Oh, oh, you're it's talking so- about the ant vision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, so you're talking about the narrative They're a little everywhere. bit. everywhere. Right? You got the toxic waste is dumped into the water, and it washes up on the shore of a beach in Florida. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember why all those people were on that beach? No. Well, I can fill in that little bit of narrative for our audience. Joan Collins is in this, and she plays sort of a scam artist. And if you didn't understand the story, this is what happens, Al. She brings all these people to this sort of oceanside property that she's bought up it's kind of swampland and she's trying to sell them the land and get them to invest in it but the land isn't actually worth anything it's actually land that you wouldn't want to live on but she's trying to get them to buy it anyway she's trying to trick them and so she brings all these people on this boat over to this beach where they are going to take a tour of the land she's bought up Um, the only problem is the girl who talks into that loud thing, I don't know what it's called. The megaphone. The megaphone. That's the girl who doesn't... Joan Collins. Yeah. yeah. Um, Joan Collins, Um, she doesn't know the ants are around in the movie. No, exactly. There are giant ants 
living on the land that she's bought up. Yeah. Yeah. And they keep sneaking up on, and the people don't notice. They only hear the sounds. The yeah. Only... What do they sound like? What do the giant ants hmm. sound like? It sounds like little tapping, like you're tapping your fingernails together really loud. Yeah. The movie gives us a nice example of kind of a noise that they sound like. Uh, later on, that I guess would be a good example for us to tell our listeners, later on in the movie, there's a little kid on a sort of a uh, big wheel kind of tricycle thing, right? One of those like low sitting uh, big wheel trikes. And he's flying down the sidewalk and the noise that that makes those like big plastic wheels make on the sidewalk, the clickety, clickety, clickety. That's kind of what the ants sound like. And putting your finger there is really loud today. Yeah, something like that with kind of a whirring noise as well. Kind of a high-pitched sort of a squeal at the same time. Yeah. yeah, so we hear those noises and the movie has this really ominous opening half hour, 40 minutes or so where we only hear the noises and we see through the ant's eyes. And what does that look like? Like a fish having 150 eyes. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure, like it's a lot of sort of circles, like a lot of circles on the screen that all show the same thing. It's very similar to another movie we've talked about on the podcast where we have a bug vision. Can you think of it? A guy turns into a half bug? Yeah, the fly. The fly, yeah. So it's kind of like that. The fly has fly vision. This has ant vision. Yeah. So we don't see the ants for a very long time. Um, I can tell you when we first see the ants, um, when... I only remember one of the names. Mary was the girl who ran away. But I don't remember the other person's name. Ah. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it is. It's Mary is the wife. The guy who goes over and he's like pulling the pipes out of the ground. Yeah, Yeah, him and his wife, the Lawsons, I remember. Yeah, Um, yeah, IMDB confirms you're correct. Yeah, the Lawsons, Thomas and Mary Lawson. Good job, dude. Good memory. Again, impressing me, kiddo. Yeah, I know stuff from years ago. <laughs> you sure do. Yeah. You remembered this movie very well, and you haven't seen it in quite a long time. No. But yeah, the first time we see the ants, they go on like a trolley tour of the property. That's the problem I'm always waiting for. Yeah, you're always Every waiting time. for that one. Every time. Every time I watch it, I'm always waiting for that part. <laughs> yeah. Because we always see all the ants looking at them. That's why you're always waiting for that. Yeah, it's cool, because that's the first time we see the ants. And what do the ants look like? They look like giant little ant things. Mm Mm-hmm. And how do you think they did that? How do you think they made those ants look so giant? Maybe they, like, put a giant suit on people or something. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they used puppets Mm -hmm. or something and made the cameras... Made them look like they're giant. Aha. What you just described there are the two main effects they do. Good job, man. You're figuring these movies out, dude. So we got two ways that the ants are made to look big. When they interact with people, they're sort of a giant puppet. All right. They're not very flexible. They don't do much. They're sort of a big, solid, wiggly piece. And then the other main effect they do is they filmed using like a microscopic lens ants, like actual ants, and sort of matted them into the shot with the humans. 
Yeah. Which you could do any number of ways. You can block off part of the frame, film the people, then, you know, block off the area that the people were on, run the film through the camera again and film ants. You could do that. Or you could do it in post. You could do just like a special effect kind of optical printing where you sort of mash two images together. But basically... They have regular-sized people and regular-sized ants, only they're zoomed in on the ants to make the ants look big, just like you said. Yeah. Yeah, zoomed and in. you can also, like, um, um, I'll describe it like this. It looks like you put giant, lots of glasses that have giant glass. For the eyes? For the vision? For yeah. the ant vision? It, uh-huh. It looks like that. Like a lot of glasses on the screen? Okay. It looks like a lot of... Glasses on a guy who has a bunch of eyes. Yeah, I think that you're not that far off. I think the way that they accomplished the ant vision is by putting a fixture over the lens that had a bunch of little lenses on it that all basically showed the same thing. And you can tell that because at one point that ant vision gets really close to somebody's face and it doesn't all have the same image. So when it's far away from something, it all has the same image in those in each of the little circles. But when it gets closer, it can't. So I oh. think you're right in that. Yeah. So we have to, like, make it look like the small ants are really big ants. Yeah, and that's what they do. And so it's, it's kind of a goofy appearance in the movie. Like, yeah. the ants aren't always that convincing because no. when you see people reacting to the actual ants... They still look like little ants, just kind of blown up, which is a great effect. And uh, the way that they get around the limitations of the puppet um, is by moving the camera a lot. I don't know if you noticed that. You remember how when people are being attacked by the ants, the camera keeps swinging from side to side and all around? Remember when they swim and they go like this? Oh, sure, sure. They're in the water and they get attacked by the ants. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you remember the camera's like moving, like the camera's swinging all around, right? Do you know why it does that? Why? Do you, can you take a guess? Why would the camera be moving around a whole bunch when people are being attacked by the ant puppets? Maybe, because uh, that's maybe how they wanted it to be, or maybe the ants probably, I don't know. You tell me why. Okay, I can do that. I, you are right. That is maybe just how they wanted it to be. Because when you swing the camera around like that, it does feel frantic, right? So the characters are freaking out. The camera starts moving really, really fast. We start feeling their freak out, right? But the main reason I think they do that, not just to convey the panic of the characters, but to hide the fact that their puppets don't look very realistic. Why? Because the ants, the ant puppets, they have limitations. They can't move. They can't even bite people. They don't, like, their jaws don't even move, from what I can tell. Yeah. Because remember when, um, what's her name, the, I think it's Christine, the wife who falls and hurts her ankle and then gets eaten by the ants? Mm -hmm. You remember her? Yeah. Well, you remember when she falls and her ankle's broken and the ants surround her and eat her? Yeah. We don't see the ants doing anything. They're just sort of hovering around her. They're just kind of like, the ant puppets are just sort of above her and the camera's shaking really fast. And she's screaming. But we don't see the ants do anything to her because I don't think the puppets could, actually. Why? Because they're very limited. They're very big. And the movie wasn't made for a lot of money. The movie was, I mean, it's clearly a low-budget picture. It was made by AIP. And AIP was a studio that didn't typically 
put a bunch of money into movies. Most puppets are not supposed to be giant. Most puppets are really like short or small. Yeah, and when they're small, you can make them do really nuanced, complex movements. But if they're big, you need to have a lot of operators. It needs to be able to move a lot. It needs to be an animatronic. Yeah. It needs to be really complicated. And when you're making a movie that doesn't have a lot of money behind it, it's actually tough to be able to build something that complex. Also, there's a little bit of electronics at Chuck E. Cheese too. Okay, okay. So you're talking about the animatronics at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. yeah so animatronics are kind of like um control things. Yeah, they're like, like robots. Yeah, they're yeah. like kind of like robot things, like. Mortgage cars or something like that. Yeah, and you can do that in movies with yes. monsters. A lot of monsters and creatures like the, can be animatronic. Like I don't know how they made the, made the car, but I think they used the mole control car to make the car in the in car. The, in the movie, the car. Yeah. Well, it's probably just a guy driving a regular car yeah. because they had the windows all black. But that's a topic for another episode when we actually talk about the car. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll do that over the summer or something. Yes. Because we need to get the Blu-ray. We need to upgrade that for sure. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so animatronics, right? They could do animatronics for the ant. But here's the thing. I don't think they did. And you know why? Why? Because I don't think they had the money to do that. That's expensive. And when you're working with a company like AIP, you don't have the money to build an animatronic. You just don't. Or at least not a complex one. Yes. Also, I... Mention something at the end. The guy you don't know if the guy works for him or the guy doesn't work for him or he just sees them and he's not surprised. <laughs> okay, but you, they okay. actually work for the ants. Well, all right. So you're moving on to the next part of the movie. Let's do that, okay? Because yes. what you just said probably confused the heck out of any listener who's never seen Empire of the Ants. And if you haven't, I highly recommend it. What about you? I wouldn't recommend it a lot. Yeah, it's one that I grew up on. I watched this movie a ton as a kid with my mom. It was one of our favorites to watch. She still references it sometimes. And it's one that you've watched a few times. So it's one that you're growing up on too. Now, this movie goes in an interesting direction because it starts out just a small group of people being picked off one by one by these giant ants on this beach and in these woods, right? And And then they get out on the river. But then, in the last sort of third of the movie, it becomes something totally different when they get out of the woods and find other people. Do you want to explain to our listeners what's happening in this town they end up in? So, they meet these police. They think they're going to jail, but actually, there was a jail cell looking thing. You think they're going to jail, but if you haven't watched this, just check it out. You might not know if you... Yeah, what you're trying to say is spoiler alert. No. (laughs) Yeah, because what you're you're trying to say is spoiler alert because you're about to describe something that happens in the movie that they may not want to have spoiled, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And also, if you haven't... um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, just check Empire of the Ants out. Well, I'll help describe it. I'll help explain it. So you explain it. And I'll cover any ground that you kind of miss. So what's happening in this town, though? What's weird about this town that they end up in? Yeah. Because they think they're finally saved. No. Right? They think they're finally safe from these giant ants. But something weird's happening in this town. 
these guys who work for the ants, they, they kind of like rule the town. Yeah, the ants rule the town. This is the yeah. empire of the ants that the title is talking about. Because in the beginning, it's a, just sort of a standard creature feature, people being killed by monsters. But it becomes something far more complex when they end up being saved by people who are working for the ants. The ants use pheromones to control the citizenry of this small town, including the police. And what are they having the people in the town do for them? They, like, make the people go with this... What is it called? Pheromones. Pheromones to make the other people work for the ants. Yeah, so they're they're making everybody round everyone up that they can to make them work for the ants. Um, also you pointed out in the movie that... If you attack the queen and the audience go crazy, you also pointed that out during the movie. Yeah, the queen is the boss, right? The queen gives the orders to everyone else, including the people who run the town, right? And that town is special because it has a certain kind of factory in it. Do you remember what kind of factory that is? No. What are they making there? It's some kind of food for the ants. Sugar. Yeah, they're making sugar for the ants. The ants like to eat sugar. And this town is a sugar town. They make sugar. So they're controlling this town, and the empire of the ants is all about enslaving people to have the people make sugar for them. Yeah. And our protagonists are a group of people who've escaped from the beach. They're trying to get away from the town. But what happens... They think they're saved, then they go to this big gray building. It's the sugar factory. Yeah. This big gray building is the sugar factory where they make sugar for the ants to make the other people work for the ants. Yeah, so they take them all to the sugar factory to enslave them. Yeah. That's why there was a lot of other people. A lot of people are enslaved by the ants, and that's why it's called Empire of the Ants. The ants are controlling humanity at this point, right? At least the people in this town. And if they control the people in this town, who's to say that they'll stop there, right? Maybe they'll start to control the entire United States, and maybe later the entire world. Yeah. How they stop the ants is... This guy who's really actually so scared of the ants, he, like, fires the queen with fire on Yeah, he uses a road flare. He's yeah. got a road flare. And he uses on the queen. The other, the other ants go crazy. Then this other guy spills water over it. Gas. Gasoline. Gas. Then you think the building explodes. It might explode, but you don't know because you don't see it. Sure, the, the gas tank explodes inside yeah. the sugar mill where all the ants are eating sugar because it's like ant feeding time, right? Yeah. So all the ants go in there and he drives that gas truck in there and it blows up. Yeah. Or whatever it is. It might not be gasoline, yeah. but it's something flammable. So yeah, blows up the building, takes yeah. out the ants. Yes. And then our protagonists escape. And it seems like a happy ending, but there's more to it than that. Every time we've watched it, you've been very saddened by the ending. Because the ants die. Yeah. And normally in a monster movie, if the monsters die, that's a good thing, right? But here, 
It's not, a sad ending. Not so much. Yeah, why? Why is it a sad ending? Do you want to explain that to our listeners? Because it's something that I don't know if I ever understood it when I was a kid, but you have a keen understanding of this because you've got great empathy for these creatures. So why don't you explain to our listeners why this is sad? Because I just love cute things and ants are part of that... Uh, Category? Category. That's why it's a sad ending to me. Well, are the ants evil, though? No. They try to live, and the people want to kill the ants. Yeah, and whose fault is it that the ants are so big in controlling the people? Garbage. Yeah, it's the toxic waste's fault. And who put the toxic waste in the water? People made the ants big. I'll tell you why it's sad, because ants help people in real life. Okay, so ants are part of our ecosystem. And these ants didn't ask to be big. No. No, it's people's fault that the ants are big, and the ants are just reacting as ants might. The ants just don't want to be big. Yeah, the ants didn't ask to be big. The ants didn't ask for that. It was forced on them by people, and then people kill them. So that is a sad ending. You're very right. And I appreciate that you find that so sad. It really shows that you've an understanding of the moral complexity of this movie that I certainly never did when I was your age watching it. Wow. You thought it was a happy ending when yeah, you Yeah, I mean, kid. they just fought giant ants and got away, right? Yeah. But no, you get this thing, and I really appreciate yeah. that. I do. That's why I like watching this movie with you even more than I'd say I did watching it with my mom, simply because you get it better than I ever did, and you've helped me see a lot of the complexity in it. Sad stuff can be a little sad. Other people think it's happy. Other people think it's sad. Like Daddy, when he was a kid, thought that was happy. But I thought it was sad because I like ants. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think I thought it was happy. Just I didn't really think about, as a kid, how it wasn't really the ant's choice. You know, I was watching it just to watch a giant monster movie with my mom, you know, which is what I love doing. So I didn't really think about it too much, but doing this podcast together clearly has made you think about these movies a little bit more deeply than I ever did. Yeah, because I know lots about monsters if I watch the movie about monsters. Yeah, absolutely. And before I watch movies, I already know lots about monsters. Mm Mm-hmm, you sure do, and you've now got a few books on them that you got for Christmas that we'll be able to use as part of the podcast. We didn't even think to look up giant ants in those books. No. So, that's Empire of the Ants. It's really complex. It's super fun. And also spooky. It's got quite a bit of spookiness to it. But the the effects in the movie, you know, mashing up the images of the actual ants and the puppets and stuff, it makes it just a ton of fun to watch. And it's simple to explain. And it's simple to explain. Yeah, we got through it pretty easily, I think. Yeah. So would you recommend Empire of the Ants? I know we touched on this briefly, but like, would you recommend it? And why would you recommend it? I would recommend Empire of the Ants because ants help people and ants don't want to be big. Mm, so and you're... you can explain that really simple to your mom and dad. Or just a mom or a dad if you have one. <laughs> yeah, because us older folks might not get it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you, so we definitely need it explained to us. 
So watch it with your kids and they'll explain it to you, I think is what Al's saying. Yeah, that's what I'm explaining. Yeah, I would recommend it too. It is rated PG. Um, I should point that out. It's pre-PG-13 PG. I would say it's probably nowadays might get a PG-13 rating, but it's definitely, again, that 1970s PG parental guidance necessary. It's pretty spooky at parts. The effects are, as Al pointed out, pretty transparent. Like, you know, if you show your kids how that was done, if you explain it, they're going to see how kind of goofy that is. Um, There is profanity in the movie. People do swear. There is also a fair amount of blood in some shots. There's a couple people who are killed where there's a bit of blood, but there are other people who are killed where the ants just hover over them really goofily, and there's no blood at all. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also, I should mention, one point in the movie where a man tries to kiss a woman when he doesn't have her permission, and she gets very, very mad. Do you remember this, Alistair? Yes. What did he do that was wrong there? You're supposed to get permission. Yeah, you never kiss anybody without their permission. If somebody doesn't want you to kiss them or touch them or whatever, you never do it. You respect their personal space, right? Yes. Yeah, that's important. Even people you don't know. Especially people you don't know, too. Yeah. Yeah. You never try to kiss or, you know, grab a hold of people who you don't know because you don't know them, man. Gotta respect people. So that is one thing in the movie where you definitely want to be there with your kids to use that as a teachable moment, for sure. Yes. But I guess that brings us to a section of our podcast that we call... Beastly Best. That's right. We're going to talk about the coolest monster moments in Bert I. Gordon's 1977, I would say, masterpiece, Empire of the Ants. My beastly best is when the, at the very end, when the two people are running and they get trapped by lots of ants. The ants are just. Oh, the older couple? When they're hiding in the shed? No, no. Like way at the end when they're in the giant green glass. Oh, when the people are running through the um, sugar cane and they get captured and then taken back to the factory. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and that woman there, I should point out too for our listeners, is played by Pam Shoop. And Pam Shoop, if the name is not familiar to you off the top of your head, Pamela Shoop was in Halloween 2. She played, I believe, the nurse who's in the hot tub. My beastly best. Who boy, there's so many. There's so many, but... I think my beastly best is probably where they're going along the river and they hear the ants and they go under this like log that's sort of across the river, but like up in the trees, it's sort of fallen over and it's above them. And an ant like jumps down off that log and you don't really see it that well because of course it's a puppet, but they're like on the boat, they're going under the log and then suddenly the ant drops down, lands on that really mean guy who tried to kiss the woman. And, like, just grabs onto him, and they all fall off the boat. I think that's one of the coolest moments where that ant just drops down. And that's when the camera, like, spins like a... Yeah, it starts really shaking around. spinning around. Yeah, yeah, it just spins and spins and spins, absolutely. Like a fan inside. Oh, you know what else is a cool moment? When the ants invade the boat. Remember the boat that they took to the beach? Yeah. 
and they're all going across the dock and they climb onto the boat and they have to fight them off. Yeah. That's oh, really oh, cool. Yeah. Because they don't know what it is because they're so far away. Yeah, and the guy whose boat it is just swims out there without a thought. He just goes up there and he starts fighting them off with an axe. And it's cool because it's a mixture of, you know, those microscopic shots and puppet shots. Uh, The way that the film cuts really quickly between people interacting with those composites and the puppets is really effective. Probably the hero of this movie is the editing. The editing saves the special effects on so many occasions. Awesome. The axe looks like a striped Harley Quinn axe. (laughs) Oh, because it's red and white? Yeah. So it's like a Harley Quinn axe. Yeah. That's interesting. I guess I didn't pick up on that. Because a red axe is sort of a more common way of depicting a fire axe. Right? Like a fireman's axe. That's kind of how a fireman's axe would look. Yeah. Can we go on to get spooked? Yeah. I think it's time to get spooked. What would you say is the spookiest moment in Empire of the Ants? I think when the Orlando Ornament split up into the this little wooden house and when they try to come out there's like hundreds of ants around i am 100 percent in agreement with you here because that's exactly the moment that i was going to say <laughs> there's the older couple whose names are uh velma and harry if i remember correctly and They run away from everybody. For whatever reason, the whole group, they're running through the woods, and the older couple decide to split off. They don't explain why. They're just like, oh, let's go this way. And when they go that way, they find a little shack. And so they hide in the shack, and they wait in there. You know, after a while, they go, oh, okay, it's clear. Told you it was better to split up from everybody. And they walk out of the shack, and yeah, they're surrounded by ants. It's like great. Hundreds. It's tons. And it's a great composite shot because you have them standing there in the doorway and then the uh, microscopic shots of ants all around them. So they're matted right into the middle of that. It's a terrific effect. And it is. Everywhere. Like, yeah. Um, north, south, east, west. <laughs> every, every direction. Up, everywhere. down, left, right. Yeah. yeah. Everywhere. Totally. And they don't get attacked by the ants. We don't see that. We know they do. But it just shows them standing there in horror for a good long while before the camera cuts away. And the fact that we don't see the ants attack them, but we know they did, that is spooky. Man, that's a good scene. We don't see them a lot. When they cut off, they cut off those old men and go forever. For the yeah, whole they never come back. Yeah. No. Yeah, they're so gone. So you think they're dead. They got eaten. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they got they eaten. They're told they have to be eaten. Well, boyo. Do you have anything else to say about Empire of the Ants? I mean, I could talk about it all day, but I think we've touched on most of the big stuff in the movie. Big stuff. (laughs) um, Sorry for the pun. But yeah, we've touched on the major elements. I have no other questions than that much questions. That's all I have. There's so much cool stuff in the movie, though, that we, we could talk about every single ant in the movie. We could talk about everything. But honestly, there's so many little cool moments with the ants and the effects are so much fun to look at there's just too much that we can't talk about you probably wish we could talk about empires of ants all day but we can't yeah we can't no we we got other things to do we got lunch to eat yeah yes we have (laughs) lots of other things to do yeah well it's new year's day we should also mention we're recording this on new year's day you won't hear it till the end of january but yes 
we wanted to get this episode in the can before, you know, I started back to class. And uh, but yeah, I you know, there's so much I would love to talk about with regards to the movie. Maybe we'll come back to it in an episode of Monster Stampede later if we talk about giant bugs. Mm, So look forward to that. Um, the quarter is starting up really soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my quarter at DePaul. Yes, yeah. it's starting up uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yes. I start teaching tomorrow. Well, this is the day after yeah. the day after New Year's Eve. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. It would have to be, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you want to keep up with what is going on here at CadaverCast, follow us on Twitter at Cadaver underscore cast. Look us up on Facebook at CadaverCast, one word. Or email us at cadavercast at gmail.com. That is, again, cadavercast, one word. We would love to hear from you. Uh, We're on there a lot, especially Twitter. We're on Twitter a lot. And so, you know, shoot us a message. If you have any thoughts, questions, we'd be happy to answer them. Um, But yeah, look us up. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we would. All right, Al. Then I think it is time to sign us out. You've been listening to CadaverCast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm his dad, Jeff Burnham. And we want to thank you for listening. Thanks. (laughs) And we will see you next time in Monster Stampede. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Really fun. We want to give a huge shout-out to Word Salad Network's Patreon supporters, Jen Ginsberg and John Stahl. You are super awesome. If you listeners want to become a supporter of CadaverCast, the thing to do is head on over to patreon.com slash wordsalad. Any money you donate to patreon.com slash wordsalad goes to supporting the amazing content here at Word Salad Productions, including... Cadavercast, right, Al? Yeah. And that's super helpful because, of course, running a podcast costs real-life money, doesn't it, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a huge help, and it means a lot to us. And because it means so much to us, we want to give back to you as our patrons. So if you become a patron, you will have access to exclusive episodes. Thus far, we have exclusive Word Salad crossover episodes, including an episode on Vampire's Kiss starring Nicolas Cage and an episode of quote-unquote Guilty Cadavercast and the Countdown Movies and TV Reviews, the three of our podcasts crossing over to talk about Guilty Pleasure movies. Another perk, if you're a fan of Cadavercast, is we will be posting our Monster Stampede episodes to Patreon early. And if you're a fan of the Countdown Movies and TV Reviews podcast, we will actually be posting some of their old episodes on Patreon as exclusives. Those episodes are no longer available online anywhere else. So if you're a fan of the Countdown and want to go back into their catalog, the only way to do that is to become a patron. Doesn't that sound cool? Yep, it does. So, head on over to patreon.com slash wordsalad Donate today. Help us out big time. Get tons of cool content for yourself in the process. And be cool. Yeah, man. That's what all the cool people are doing, huh? Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.